the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is hour two on tonight's Andrea K Show. We've got some. Real serious uh, stories to share with you guys tonight that have to do with 2024's election and just some other rando stories. I've got some emails to read out to you guys. So thanks for being with me. Glad to have you here with me. Don't forget if you missed any part of the show. Last hour was great. Covered a lot of ground. Download the podcast wherever you get your pods. And email me, andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Before I go any further, the man who's, he's the grease, baby. And he's what keeps the Andrea K show rolling along. It's none other than DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat. Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, never a never a dull moment here. I just don't want to remind people. Seriously, go back and download the podcast if you miss anything. You really can't afford to miss it. We have to stay informed. We have to stay on top of the mm-hmm. news. There's just so much going on right now. It's like DEFCON 5 or DEFCON yeah. 1. What's the really, really severe? I mean, this country's on life support. So tune in and make sure you go back and find stuff. You, you never know what information you need to hear maybe you've missed it's we do our best to stay on top of it too but it's it's just so much all the time really yeah. it is these one days. The, yeah one of the things that i was thinking about during the break as we wrapped and talked about the latest uh air, airplane mishap i'm literally for the first time in my life i'm scared to board a plane and for those who know me well know how much i love to fly and i've never had a bad experience i i love 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 to fly um, that doesn't mean I would ever take a pilot's, you know, uh, classes and start trying to learn to fly. I'm not interested in that. I love being a passenger. Why would I want to, you know, why would I want to drive, fly myself around? I don't want to drive myself either. I just have to. Uh, the first time I ever flew, uh, it was a private plane flown by my best friend's dad was the private pilot. Uh, the same friend who delivered me my new Orleans King cake had it delivered to me. Her dad was flying an empty plane as a private pilot from New Orleans to Huntsville, Alabama, and then picking some people up, flying it from Huntsville someplace else, coming back to Huntsville the next day, flying an empty plane back to New Orleans. So he knew that, you know, Liz and I had a friend who was in a coma in Huntsville from spinal meningitis and asked us if we wanted, you know, him to take us. So I said, we said, sure. I had no idea. We got to the small airport in New Orleans where they have the private jets, and it was like lifestyles of the rich and famous, baby. I, in fact, I joked. I said, I'm Robin Leach here following Andrea Kay. 
And it was like amazing. Liz and I were the only passengers on this gold-plated PJ. And ever since then, I have loved, loved, loved to fly. And now I'm reduced to being scared because the greatest country in the history of the world that was the country that created and launched almost every modern day piece of technology in the history of the world is now so behind in technology. Our infrastructure is crumbling, and I don't just mean our roads and highways. In fact, I saw uh, a a thing on uh, maybe Insta yesterday, because of course, you know, I watch my food stuff on Insta, and they showed a refrigerator from 1963 that was so much more high-tech than anything we really have on the market today. And the thing still runs. You buy a dishwasher, including Bosch. I'll never buy another Bosch. And, you know, you're lucky if you can get three years out of these things. And they're supposed to be so high-tech, right? Is it because, uh, how is it that the country that created that flight and the telephone and electricity and all that now can't make an appliance that can last more than a few years? And at the same time, we've got this technology that is and, and the, the best technology that we have really is involving our communications, not the appliances and things that we use, you know, on a daily basis, right? Like um, our appliances and, and things that, you know, store our food and, you know, our cars are just junk compared to like Lincoln Continentals and things back in the day. And then I, and then I came across this meme that says, when the phone was tied with a wire, humans were free. Technology in America is no longer about innovations uh, to make our lives better, to make things, to, to um, like refrigeration so that people wouldn't, you know, die of heat stroke and we'd be able to, you know, have safer food to eat, right? Um, technology so that we can go and visit people, communicate with loved ones more quickly, uh, technology that would save lives. Now it's technology meant to enslave us. And even if that's not what it was meant to do, that's how it's being used. The greatest minds of this country are no longer coming up with technologies because they're inventors and just thinkers and they just love inventing things and they get excited by it. And, you know, like in, um, what was the movie with the gremlins? Gremlins, right? Where the, the dad was the inventor. It's just about how they can use technology now against us. That's where we're at. You know, if they were able to use the airplanes as a way to enslave us, you think they'd be falling apart, Sesame Broccolini? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. And even still, it's just such a gaping liability. All of this DEI hiring nonsense is just such a liability. I can't believe that American airlines are willing to basically play Russian roulette with people's lives because that's what it feels like to me. And that's what communism is. That's what I'm saying is instead of technology and innovation to make our lives better and to improve our lives and to make us safer, you know, they don't care about any of that. All the only technology they care about is the kind of technology that can enslave us. And DEI is meant to enslave us. It's all meant ultimately to enslave us because DEI is part of the cultural Marxist theory meant to destroy our culture, right? 
The border, open border, meant to destroy our culture, turn us into global citizens. As global citizens, we will be enslaved by the new world order, the one world communist government that will use technology as a means to enslave us. That's what's going through digital currency. So everything will be on this digital footprint. I wish we could go back to the days where everybody had one phone in their house and it was on the kitchen wall and you were lucky if your family, and there was no call waiting and you were lucky if your family had a six foot uh, long cord on it so that you could go sneak into a closet somewhere and talk to your boyfriend. Those were literally, I know I'm sounding old. Those were the good old days, but they were Sesame Broccolini. I look, I, I believe it. It's all, it's all a double-edged sword for me. I mean, I love some of the, the conveniences of modern technology, but I also know it really is constantly um, creating new issues and it's leading to new ways for the government to get at those same things. Like you said, they want to lock me up, shut me up and create a, a forever class of debt slaves of people who mm -hmm. are incapable of self-governance because they work three jobs and still can't afford to survive or to start a family. They're trying to disarm the American people and crack down on gun ownership because they intend on doing things that we would normally shoot them for doing. So yeah, it, it's, it's just disgusting. It's sickening. And it's really hard to grapple with that because I like the pros of technology. I wish I could just have the good stuff and not the bad stuff, being able to talk to my friends when they go on trips internationally and FaceTime with my friends who were in Bali or something. You know, it, it, I, I love some of the great perks of technology, but I also know with all these, especially with camera phones, now it's, it's the, we're creating a surveillance state. That's what we live in now. Everything I'm doing, saying it can be surveilled, monitored, used against me at some point. Who knows if the government has a file on me? It's like, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand I know where it goes, like you said, but I just wonder, do more people put this together? I mean, I'm starting to get older and realizing, you know, those Luddites or whatever you want to call them, people that don't like technology, I kind of get it. I mean, there, there's an argument to be made for this stuff becoming, really just being tools of the government to, to uh, it, it makes it easier for them to abuse their own power, I suppose, and to suppress us. And, and that is a well, fact. And we're another, toward that right. one world government, WEF, borderless, stateless, yeah. godless, like you said, John Lennon's Imagine, cue the music, because that is what we're, yeah. we're heading to. Yeah. And uh, another form of slavery with this technology is of our minds. They are meant to be addictive. They want mm -hmm. us addicted to the devices. Mm -hmm. And these devices are a gateway to addictions like pornography that destroy mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. young men, destroy families, destroy marriages. And, you know, I'm one of these people that, um, and I've got, you know, the, and, and, and getting addicted to devices, by the way, is not a Gen Z thing. I mean, you know, I, there's some people in my family that are far older than me. And it's like, we, we go to a restaurant and they're sitting there on their phone. It's like, hello, excuse yep. me. Yep. I, you know, I love being able to unplug to me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a cell phone is a dog leash. I hate the fact that people think because they have the ability to text and to leave a voicemail that they have an entitlement to my time 24 hours a day, 365. I hate that. I, back in the day when my first job out of college, I had, and I've told this story many times, but to you non, you long time Andrew Kasia listeners, I apologize uh, for you hearing this story again, but you knew people to the show. This is, this is who I am. I'm kind of actually an introvert. And, and that doesn't mean that I'm shy. It just means I don't recharge my batteries by talking to people. And my first job out of college, I would come home after talking all day, selling pantyhose at Kmart's. And I'd be like, I don't want to talk anymore. 
I'm talked out. Okay. And so I had, I had, this was the days of answering machines and my friends knew it and they just respected it. So they would leave me messages and it actually became a fun thing. Um, like they'd say, Hey, you know, um, I, I, I know you're listening right now. If you feel like talking, call me. And if not, that's okay. And that's, and I, and, and my, my family and friends do that with the phones these days. It's more business and other people that don't, don't understand that, but it even got fun with the, with the answering machine because there were times where people would be like, Hey, saw you in the wagon today on the freeway, <laughs> which was my company car which was a Ford Escort station wagon loaded up with pantyhose. And so people would call me and leave me messages and make jokes. I dated one guy who taught himself how to play the guitar and he would just call, not say anything. And he'd just play me the guitar and hang up. So it just actually became just a really awesome thing uh, that I loved. And I loved that, that my family and friends and still to this day understand that there's a lot of people like me that, you know, just cause you have that, you know, be respectful, respect people's boundaries. And there's still many of us who understand that with technology that just cause you, just cause you can, doesn't mean you should, and you don't have an entitlement to my time. Um, but technology can be a good thing, but I think on balance, um, I think my life in many ways was better, um, before all of this technology in many ways, in many ways. All right. I want to hear from you guys on this. Email me, andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Um, I needed to take a break from the election stuff. Um, but I tell you what's ramping up as we go into this election, as they see Trump winning, they're, they're going to have to think how they can evoke panic, how they can manipulate hearts and minds, and the tried and true way in which they have their one, one ace in the hole that they think they can win elections on is what they're already beginning to focus on. And we're going to shift gears and talk about that when we come back. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. There's been something I've been trying to work through on my mind. I haven't talked about the Carrie Lake thing yet. Um, the uh, recording that was released yesterday. I stand by what I said about the Republican Party. And um, I absolutely heard it with my own ears, as you all did, that there was an attempt to bribe Carrie Lake to not run. And everything that I said about the Republican Party working as being as a part of the Uniparty, working to control our elections instead of leaving it up to the people was documented in that audio tape. But I also have some questions about Carrie Lake. Do I think she deserves credit for the fact that she didn't take the bribe? Absolutely. And I know she was doing a rumble thing tonight and it didn't work for the timing of my show uh, tonight to, to sit and, you know, once a certain time of day comes, there's just, you know, we, we're in show prep mode and we don't have time to be sitting and listening to long drawn out uh, conversations on, on rumble or anywhere else. And aside from that, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've had some questions about Carrie Lake's role in this. I started thinking, 
I don't hear a third person, a third person there. This Jeff DeWitt guy didn't record himself. Why did they record the conversation? Carrie Lake recorded it. Why? She's chummy with him on the conversation. I only played a small part of it on last night's show, but um, she was quite chummy with him. That doesn't change the fact that she was bribed. But one of the things that's bugging me is if I, if I'm chummy with somebody like she is with him, why would I feel like I got to press the R button and record the conversation? And what led her to think she needed to record the conversation? And if you're dealing with somebody you think you need to record the conversation with, why even have the conversation? Why not go to other people and say, I mean, what, obviously, always, obviously there was other stuff in the works that made her think she had to, what was that? What else do we not know? Because she recorded this conversation and held on to it. He resigned today, Jeff DeWitt did. This conversation was practically a year ago. Why not, if you're going to take the time to record it, after other stuff obviously happened, leading you to think that you needed to record it, why did you wait to, to release it? What could we have gained as a party in, in the state of Arizona where we have a crisis going on? It's a border state, among other issues going on there. He's resigned now and obviously and in, in, in reportedly being, re, being replaced, at least temporarily, with this gal I don't know much about because I, I haven't had a whole lot of time to really dig into it. What could we have gained by having him resign earlier? So, and I think that if you're going to record the conversation and you know you're going to record the conversation, it's such a setup to be the hero. Uh, Yeah, I don't care if you offer me 25 million, you could offer me a trillion dollars, I wouldn't take it. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's seeming a little, just a little too, too. Anything you want to add, Sesame Broccolini, before we move on? Yeah, just really quickly. I also just don't understand the timing of it as far as releasing it now. I'm trying to figure out, it's not like the election is tomorrow and it's not even like this is necessarily, it is, it it does, you know, it is sort of tangentially related to national issues with the RNC and with the Republican leadership. Sure. But it's like, this is a very specific thing that's mostly specific to Arizona leadership, unless I'm missing some other thing and there are other people, puppet masters in D.C. pulling the strings. So it's like, is is this a leverage thing? Is this well, about she her, says her you're own trying, race? She, is like, well, no, why because now? she why says not to next him, week? Well, like, why well right let me now? interject here. Right, before I forget. Well, she says to him, you know this is a death blow to Trump. And he says yes. Which, and that's something that's kind of stuck out at me, because if this is just about Arizona, why would it be a death blow to Trump? Is that part of the is that part of setting herself up as a hero and why she recorded this? And look, I'm just asking questions here. I'm somebody that I can't just stay at the surface level. My brain doesn't work that way. My brain doesn't work that way. It's one of the reasons why I love watching Dateline NBC 48 hours in 2020 and all these true crime stories. I mean, I have to like dig, dig deeper. I just have to, it's how my brain works. And because I, there, it, because nothing is ever, particularly when it comes to politics, nothing is ever what it seems like on the surface ever. And I'm going to, depending on what I, I hear from other people on this rumble thing, 
Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm also suspicious of the timing as well, because even if it is about Trump and a death blow to Trump or she's pretending that it is, you know, he just had a massive historical win in New Hampshire. Why suck the why suck the air out of that? Why? It's this isn't like an October surprise that she there's no benefit to Trump right now for that to, to be aired. Is there? No, I, I don't I don't think so. I'm really trying to think it through I, because I'm sure there's more to the picture than meets the eye. There's something that we don't know yet. It just it doesn't add up. I do think she does get credit. Look, get, give her all the credit in the world. She they tried to corrupt her. They tried to compromise her. They tried to pay her off. And she said no. And she's not going to let them do that. And, and and to that, I tip my hat. And I just and even all of it, it's, it's I don't I'm not implying anything. Like you said, I just want to know what's really going on. I feel like we're not getting the full story or the bigger picture. And there's something weird just brewing inside yeah. of me because it's like, like yeah. you said, Trump just had no Republican has ever done that well in New Hampshire and Iowa back to back. Like he just had a historic, unpro- like even just as a Republican, as a presidential figure, he will go down in the history books for his performance in Iowa, New Hampshire back to back. That's three primary elections in New Hampshire where he's crushed it back to back to back, 1620 and now 2024. So I just don't understand. Like you said, it's it's not going to serve Trump right now. So I just, the timing doesn't make sense to me that that's all i'm trying to figure that out and i I, i'm hoping i don't know maybe she'll talk about it in a rumble thing but i just don't see i'm trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together Uh, well here's what it could be be. well here here's what it could be and then we'll take a break it could be her angling for vp that's interesting huh and that's what my hinky meter is wondering all right he hasn't he did say um, put it put it to rest once and for all. The Nikki Haley ain't going to be the VP. Everybody's thinking he needs to pick a woman, and I think that could be the play. Call me cynical. What do you guys think? Email me andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. We're going to take a break and we come back. Now we're going to get back into the Democrats' favorite card to play, and we are beginning to see it uh, front and center as we get into this 2024 election. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Glad to have y'all here with me. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, Carrie Lake, and it just seems a little sus. Um, and, of course, the Ron DeSantis people are coming out and uh, attacking her without having any of the answers uh, because the Ron DeSantis people are still going after Trump all day, every day. Uh, these people are worse than Nikki Haley and her people, and it's really despicable, in my opinion, the narcissist need to uh, rally behind Trump 
and get over themselves, get over their their wounded egos. Uh, I think Nikki Haley is 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 in the denial delusional phase of the grief. The Ron DeSantis team, the D team, are in the anger phase. What are the seven stages of grief? I think first it's denial. Then it's sadness, then it's anger. Right. Well, that's where the DeSantis. I think the last is. one is acceptance. There's depression in there too. So I mean, yeah, DeSantis there's depression, and then down, there's so you know they're sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So what we need is everybody to be rallying behind Trump because let me tell y'all, the game is on, and there's no time for the DeSantis people, the DeSimps, to be sitting around whining and yammering. Okay, because they're putting out the big guns. And I don't know how much you believe, Sesame, that abortion really played in the, um, was it the recent midterm elections? Yeah, in the 2022 elections after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, I don't know how much I believe that, even including the polls. And let me tell you why. Because I I never trust the polls in the first place. And second of all, um, that the, the Republican Party and the Uniparty, every time there's a loss, they always explain the loss by saying that the Republicans didn't go left enough. And so, and that has gone a long way to allow this country to be dragged left. And so instead of the Republican messaging on abortion after Roe v. Wade was overturned, um, and explaining to the American people why this was uh, a great, if they were uncomfortable in messaging a pro, about pro-life, they could have and should have been able to message abortion on uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade from a freedom standpoint in terms of the fact that it was returned to the states and even to Democrats and saying, you don't want nine people in a robe controlling your life, do they? Do you? It was sent back to the states and that the states is where uh, the um, where the battle needs to be. We are a republic of states. And for conservatives who want nine, and the conservatives are guilty of the same thing. They want nine dictators in robes to rule their way and, and uh, dictate nationally as long as it's something conservative. Because if you put it at the state level, then they've got to actually get off of their sofas and not just yammer and complain themselves and actually rally and be active and be- become pro-life activists. And they don't want to do it, right? So they get upset. When uh, they lose at the state level, well, get out there and start talking to people and start doing your part and getting active. The overturning of Roe v. Wade sent it back to the states, and that's where it belongs. That doesn't mean that that's where the battle should end, right? Now, um, and that's why I was angry that Lindsey Graham on the overturning of Roe v. Wade decided, well, Congress needs to, you know, bring it back to D.C. and come up with a federal ban. Well, this that all that's going to do is end up right back where we are with Roe v. Wade, because when have the Republicans ever done anything but negotiate with the devil? And here we are after Lindsey Graham said that and then Ron DeSantis also. Ron DeSantis also made abortion a presidential issue, which he should have kept his mouth shut. It's one of the reasons why I was angry at him, because as soon as he threw his hat in the ring, 
He signed when he was overseas on a stupid overseas off on a toot, trying to act like he, you know, has some kind of foreign policy cred, signed a six week ban in Florida and then said, hey, Trump, would you sign that? Trump was the one that got Roe v. Wade overturned. You couldn't have signed that bill in Florida, but for Trump, why are you now trying to nationalize it? The Republicans need to stop trying to nationalize abortion. They need to start articulating why the pro-life message needs it needs to stay at the state level, and that's where the pro-life ad- advocates need to get active. That being said, because let me tell you, the actions are at the state level. Wisconsin just had a hearing last week where there was a proposed bill to reduce abortion, uh, the restrictions on abortion, uh, another six weeks. The, the ban on abortion was at 20 weeks. And let me tell you, there's only, I think, five, maybe seven countries around the world that allow for abortion past 20 weeks. Why? Because it's the slaughter of children. It's murder. So Wisconsin decides, they, somebody proposes a bill to reduce it from 20 weeks down to 14, right? Only, I think, a dozen countries around the world allow for abortion past 14 weeks. Because it's murder. So Wisconsin proposes a bill to move it down from 20 weeks to 14. And they have a hearing about it. And they bring some med students, the pro-abortion, the pro-baby killing crowd. (coughs) Bring some med students up there, young women um, that (coughs) were raised uh, in demonic homes to say stuff like this, Sesame. I think abortion should be unrestrictive. And... I think when somebody finds out in pregnancy, when or how far along that they are, when someone finds out, they should be able to get an abortion if they want to. And for some people, that is full term. If I can't get abortion training here, if I can't perform abortions in my career, I will not stay in Wisconsin. And a lot of my colleagues who are on the same track agree. All right, thank you. That'll do nothing wow. to help our we shortages. Yeah, and by the way, if you heard that tail end of it, she says, well, that will do nothing to help our shortages. Well, too bad. So this girl, this baby-killing monster, is threatening to leave Wisconsin where they're having a doctor shortage if she's not allowed to kill babies. You think about a full-term, that is a human being. They feel pain. How would she like to have uh, uh, you know, her neck broken and her brain sucked out? That's what happens. This is monstrous. This is barbaric. I'll just take my medical murder bag someplace else. Well, let me tell you where you're taking it, Missy, all the way to hell. This is what we're churning out in this country. This is what we're doing. This is what our schools, this is because the Republican Party didn't want to fight and and engage on culture. They avoided pro-life. And now we've got, this is, and this is what communism does. This is what happens when you take God out of society and you replace God with state. It's actual, it's demonic. And so now on top of that, Jill Biden, the state of the union is coming up. She has invited some woman from Texas who after Texas did their abortion, I think it's what, it's six weeks, Sesame, in, in Texas. This woman had to leave Texas and cross state lines to kill her baby. Well, I guess that makes her a hero to the demonic left. And Joe Biden is going to bring her to the state of the union in which she's going to be given a standing ovation as a hero. This is what, this is what is considered 
a hero in the United States now. A woman who suffered the inconvenience of having to go someplace else and go to another state to kill her kid. It's despicable. And the Republican Party needs to engage on it. They need to, this, this party, Donald Trump, but instead we've got the DeSantis team that don't, we're back to mean tweets. We're back to mean tweets. That's where we're at. DeSantis. Oh, you know, the Trump, Trump team needs to, they need to come and, and kiss our ring is basically what they're saying. I don't know who I'm mad at right now. We've got to unite as a party. We're off a cliff as a country. Final thoughts. We've got 30 seconds left. Sesame. Yeah, I, I on the on the point of pro-life activism, I could not agree more. And I'm not going to say that it's a national issue. I certainly don't want this to go. I, I This is a country of by and for the people. All of the, these abortion laws, they should be put up to a vote for the people. It's the onus is on us to fight for what is right and to show people the truth, which is that abortion is evil. And I will just end by saying you do have a constitutional right as an American to life. Yes. Life, liberty. So I'm not saying it's a national issue, but I do think that the pro-lifers are on the side of what is right. And also the fact that everything, the backbone of everything is your God given right. And to watch these pro-abortion activists play God by determining who gets to live and who gets to die makes me so sick. And by the way, there has never been a case for any medical reason to kill a child to save the life of a mother doesn't exist. And as this girl said, that medical student said, for whatever reason, if these communists could kill a child that coldly and heartlessly, don't think for a second they wouldn't kill you. We're going to take a break. We come back. Let's try to find something a little bit more upbeat to talk about, shall we? How about I read a few of y'all's emails? Stick around. That's coming up. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Going to go to some emails um, from you guys. I love when I hear from you. If you miss any part of the show, download the podcast. Uh, we were just talking about the abortion issue and um, technology before that. Had a great conversation about technology, good or bad, um, on a Ben Franklin. Is it more pro or con? And now I'm going to read some emails. Email me at andreakshow.com. So I, we were talking about, I, I had an email from a listener who asked about whether or not Salem told me I couldn't talk about Big Mike, which is Michelle Obama being a man. And I said, well, no, Salem doesn't tell me, you know, what I'm allowed to talk about or not, but I do try to not, I try to share my opinion based upon uh, what I see is factually happening around the world. And I hadn't really seen anything definitive to tell me otherwise. And I'd watched uh, Netflix documentary about her and her childhood. And I've seen lots of pictures of her and her and her brother and, and, and throughout her entire childhood. And so I got some emails back uh, regarding this. So Larry says, explain the Ellen video 
then go to Larry Sinclair, then go to all those pictures you can pull up of which there are none of Mike pregnant or holding his adopted babies. I love the use of the pronoun. He says, everyone has baby pictures, not uh, the Soteros. Um, I thought I had seen baby pictures of Michelle. I have, you're right though. I have, I have seen the Ellen video and it does seem as though there's something waving around, but I find it strange that Michelle Obama, uh, if Michelle Obama was a Mike, that there wouldn't be some tidy whities or something holding business in place um, to try to put a G version spin on it. But I want to hear from others who have seen the Ellen video. Um, I do think it's weird. There was, I haven't seen any pictures of a pregnant Michelle. Absolutely. Uh, the girls could have been born via surrogate. They look, the younger one looks exactly like Michelle and the older one looks like Barack. Um, so they are their two children. So how would the youngest look like, uh, 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 Michelle if it was a man? Because the youngest looks exactly like Michelle. I don't remember. Sasha and Malia. I don't remember which one is which. So that's my question for you on that. When you ask me some good questions, that's my question for you on that one, Larry. All right. Got another one. Uh, as for you, Sesame, he says, uh, you said it's silly. He says it's fraud. It's one of the biggest lies sold to the American people without the lie. And then people in the media uh, cowing, Sotero probably would have never been elected. You didn't uh, quote my email citing facts about this. Interesting. I could cite more. Oh, I hadn't seen that email about Big Mike uh, uh, until just now, Larry. So I hadn't seen the, those points. So now I have. So thank you. Um, I think we've got one more here to read out to you guys. Um, email. I agree with you hundred percent. This, I guess, out after last night's show about, uh, the audio recording, vote all the rhinos out. Even if it means voting for Democrats, the one thing you got wrong is Democrats are not honest about what they are. We just know it because our eyes are open. Uh, good point there. Uh, thank you for those emails and you guys be sure to email me um, with any other comments that you want to make. Okay. Do you have a response to this Sesame about big Mike? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm open to being proven wrong. I just, I, I, I honestly don't know much about this. That's why to me, it's a little, I didn't realize there's been so much debate about it and there's oh, so yeah. much like research into sure. it. And, so I say that I say it's silly as from a place of ignorance, meaning I have not done my homework on this, admittedly. I, so if there's something out there, if, if she really is Big Mike and this is one of the biggest psyops in U.S. history, look, prove me wrong. F fair enough. Like, I, I'm open to any evidence you have. If, if Larry's got some more stuff, send it our way. I'm I'm open to it. I at this point, I'm an open book. Whatever ideas come that, that's, I just don't know anything. I haven't done my own individual research. So to me, on the surface, it's like, I mean, uh, honestly, I, either way, I don't know if to I have me, a, a stake uh, in the fight. Unless, right. Unless Michelle had uh, surgery to go from a woman to a man, I don't know how they have a daughter that looks exactly like Michelle. How does that happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair, look, fair enough. I mean, honestly, unless I, unless Mich unless Mike's sperm went to an, a, 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 another woman's egg. But I, I will say, 
but I mean, but it's, but it, but wouldn't, wouldn't there be some of the other uh, person (laughs) in, in you know what I mean? Instead, these two were just an exact blend, one more like Barack and one more like Michelle. I, I just, that to me is the clincher for me. Help me to understand. I'm not a scientist, but help me to understand how they could have a daughter that, uh, that looks like Michelle without Michelle being a woman. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't so know. Y'all help me. Fi- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do, 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 do. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Deborah Messing is trending on Twitter. Let's figure out what that's all about, shall we? This is our last segment. What do you mean taking a break? This was our last segment of tonight's Andrea K show? Indeed. You mean I'm out of time? This is how much I love hanging out with y'all. We still have a few minutes, but yeah, this is our last segment. See, this is how much I love hanging out with y'all. <laughs> I thought I had so much more time to talk about. Um, there's uh, So speaking of Hollywood, I love this story today. Um, of the 10 highest grossing movies, I think, of last year, they were all from China. Let that sink in, Hollywood. Yeah. Don't you think that's crazy? I do. I, I mean, well, I think it's I think it's so fitting that the communists in Hollywood are getting their butts kicked by uh, the commies in China. <laughs> <laughs> the OG commies are playing it well. Look, here's the thing, though. I will say this is an interesting little thing to sort of tie some stuff together with pro-life. I don't know if you've seen this, but the ads they run for McDonald's in countries like China and Japan are mm-hmm. so much different than the ads they run in America for McDonald's. They'll show, like, a happy family. It's all very pro-family, wholesome, pro-faith. So I, I don't know what it is, but in, in, over there in China, they're, they're actually making things that are talking about family formation and nationalism, and obviously they're filthy commies, fine. But I'm just saying, I mean, I, I think there's an interesting lesson there. I don't know. I, I don't know why, right. but... For some reason, well, like, well, let me interrupt. The, I think I that actually, content would be so popular in America, but for some reason, we have these. Well, but wait, I got it wrong. I got the story wrong. So rewind. Okay. Um, uh, it, the the catch is is that they uh, they spent all these years appeasing China, but now no American movies crack their top ten gross list. I think. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's so it's like. All, all these Hollywood is sucking up to China. Meanwhile, the Chinese people over there ain't digging American movies. So um, they they bomb in uh, in China. So which means that's one of the reasons why the box office grosses are so bad. So anyway, so I don't know if that affects your analysis at all. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it is funny, though. I mean, it, yeah, it is. It's hilarious. It's like the, you know, um, honestly, and I get it. These other countries, they see what's coming out of Hollyweird today with these celebrities like Megan Fox threatening to do human sacrifice rituals and satanic demonic performances. Like they look at washed up Madonna and say, we don't want anything to do with that. And I don't blame them. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with the vast majority of stuff coming out of Hollywood. And I'm an American. So, yeah, I don't blame them. I have watched Hollywood decline so Mm -hmm. much from the days of just wholesome, funny, real, interesting stories and movies to just 
so much. It's either Marvel superheroes or weird washed up Madonna or weird mm-hmm. people doing yeah. satanic demonic stuff or trying yeah. to trans the kids. Like I, I get why other countries look yeah. at Hollywood today and they say, you lost your mojo. You've lost yeah, your magic. Totally. Yeah, totally. Well, our magic is done for tonight, my babies, but we will be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. If you missed any part of the show, download the podcast. Keep those emails coming at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Love you all. Peace out. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.